You are listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you find your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought-after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Uh, I was working through Matthew 25 again, the parable of the of the stewards, and just looking again at, there's just so much there. Obviously, I've preached a lot from Matthew 25, the multiply message, but I just saw even more uh, that I just wanted to kind of talk through and, and work through. Um, so I, wa- I want to talk about great leaders, and we got to define leadership for the seven millionth time. Are you ready? Leadership is the conviction that what I do is important. And leadership is the skill to ask others to join me in that important work. That's leadership. Leadership is the conviction that what I do is important. And the skill to ask others to join me in that important work. So now if you think about that, now think about your ministry. If you're lacking people in your ministry, it's because you're either lacking conviction or skill. Think about that. So, man, we can't get kids volunteers. Okay, well, then you're lacking one of the two. Maybe both, but you're lacking at least one of the two. Man, we can't get people to help us set up and tear down. It must be the weather. Nope. It's either a lack of conviction or a lack of skill. We can't get hopes. Okay, it's either a lack of conviction or skill. Worship team, whatever. Small group leaders. Man, no one wants to lead a small group. It's not our culture in our city. Nope. It's conviction or skill. Do you see that? Like, in every area... And people just don't go to church in our city. Nope, it's a lack of conviction or skill. We just don't win people to Christ in our church. People just don't invite people. Nope, it's a lack of conviction or skill. So think about that in your own ministry. Leadership is the conviction. So what's the conviction? That what I do is important. That running that camera is important. That running those lights are important. That uh, that passing that new believer, that card is important, that greeting that person properly is important, that having that safety team there is important, all of that. It's the conviction that the music's got to be perfect, that whatever, it's got to be a conviction. No pressure, guys. It's got to be perfect. And then uh, <laughs> everything else has to be good. Music has to be perfect. Um, so there's got to be the conviction, but then there's the skill. How do we bring people on that? So I've, I, I've been saying this for years, obviously, but I just want that to get in your heart. So now we go to the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, and uh, here's a few things that we see from the text that I think are important. And the first is great leaders grow. Great leaders grow. They don't maintain they grow. They don't maintain, they grow. So that's the whole idea of Matthew 25. Two men grew their opportunity. One man maintained his opportunity. Now, remember, what did Jesus say to the man who maintained? You wicked. You're wicked, number one. And you're lazy. To maintain in the in the eyes of Jesus is to be wicked and to be lazy. And and obviously to the one who grew was what? Good and faithful. 
good and faithful servant. So two men grew the opportunity. One man maintained his opportunity. And we always want to be growing and multiplying our opportunities. It The reason that it's wicked, as opposed to, you know, like, and go, man, that's such harsh words, Jesus. The reason that it's wicked is because it is it is communicating to God that we don't understand who he is and what he does and how he thinks. And the reason that it's good when we multiply is because it communicates to God. We understand who he is. We understand his covenant. We understand how he operates with men and women. He he is a multiplier. What did he tell Adam? Be fruitful and multiply. What did he tell Noah? Be fruitful and multiply. What did he tell Abraham? Be fruitful and multiply. Count the stars. Count the set. This is what God, God grows. Everything in God grows. Everything in God multiplies. Everything, as long as the earth remains, Genesis 8, as long as the earth remains, will be seed time and harvest. So if we're multiplying, if we're growing, the reason that it's good and the reason that it would be wicked to not grow is because it would be the opposite of how God does what he does. So, you know, wicked isn't just like perversion and evil. It's just, it's the opposite of God. So great leaders grow. So you cannot grow a ministry long-term if you're not growing. Because once a ministry outgrows you, then uh, the pressure of it will expose you. Once a ministry outgrows you, the pressure of it will expose you. And then what will happen is you'll either begin to medicate because of the stress or you'll just get left behind. So that happens with senior pastors, right? Church explodes, church grows, blah, blah, blah. The pastor doesn't grow. The stress of it causes that pastor to medicate. So on, on all kinds of things that are, that are not healthy. So you have to grow at least at the pace of your ministry at, at, at a minimum. And really you need to be out in front of it. You ought to be bigger than your current situation. And where do I get that from? I get that from John 13. Jesus knew he had all power and he had all authority and the Father had given everything into his hands. And what did he do? Does anybody know what he did in John 13? Wash the feet of the disciples. What do you do when you know you're the most important person and most powerful person in the room? You serve. So his anointing was bigger than his opportunity. His personal calling was bigger than his opportunity. That's how it should be. They should have all been washing his feet. He's washing their feet. We ought to be bigger. I don't mean this like in a prideful way. I mean like our, our, we should be spiritually, mentally, emotionally bigger than the opportunity we're given or the opportunity will crush us. Or, or simply just the stress of it will cause us to medicate in ungodly ways. So that's why your personal growth is so important, or you won't be able to 
you won't be able to handle the 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 very thing that God's given you. So great leaders grow. Great leaders grow. Um, two men grew, one man maintained. You got to be growing. If you're if you if you feel like even our our theme for the year it wasn't holding ground, right? Like ah, this is twenty twenty three is gonna be really rough. There's a war in Europe, probably going to be a war in, in China and Taiwan really soon. We better just, let's try to hold our ground. Nope. Taking ground. Because we're growing, we're not maintaining. Number two, great leaders give. Great leaders give. Great leaders give. A spirit of poverty is first seen in your inability to give. A spirit of poverty is first seen in your inability to give. Now, uh, this isn't necessarily about finances, but but it is about finances too. Giving will never make sense to the person that doesn't give. It will never make sense. And, and the reality is, it's not that it always even makes sense in the natural after you start giving, but a grace starts to be released. And uh, when I say a spirit of poverty, what I'm talking about is a not enough mentality. That's never enough. I never have enough. It's a spirit of poverty. It's an orphan spirit. I never have enough. I never have enough money. I never have enough encouragement. I never have enough uh, friends, I never have enough of this. I never have enough. I never have enough. So I'm never going to give. I'm always trying to take. And if you live with a taking attitude, it's never going to be enough. And it's and it's protective. And it's, what did, what did the guy say? I knew you were a harsh man, so I hid your money in the ground. It's hiding. It's defensive. It's protective. It's accusatory. It's assuming. I, I knew you were a harsh man. Like, just wrong mentality. Just wrong. How do you see even our volunteers? How do you see them? How do you see me? How do you see God? How do you see each other? That, that, that not enough mentality is it's it's hiding and it's protecting and it's I'm never going to do more than is asked of me. I'm never going to go the extra mile. I'm never going to ask our team to go the extra mile. How can we do an egg hunt and then do Saturday night church? That's a really long day for volunteers. Well, no, what you're really saying is it's really not long day for you. That's what you're really saying. And because you think that way, you put that on your teens. But I guess, you know, Javen's a harsh man. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm really not. We just need more. We just don't want people sitting outside. So we got to do another service. So do you see how that can work though? Like how that can, how you can fight in your own mind. Like why did the guy go, master, I need a level up. No, you're a horseman. So I hit. It's, it's blame. It's 
It's it's your fault, whoever whoever they are, it's their fault. It's it's a it's a spirit of lack, it's a spirit of poverty, it's a it's a defensive, assuming, accusing. Now that was the mentality. Wrong mentalities lead to wrong actions. Wrong mentalities lead to wrong actions. You will always act according to your dominant thoughts. So because the man had the wrong spirit and the wrong mentality, he had the wrong actions. But great leaders give. Great leaders give. Give, and it will be given back to you, Luke 6. Good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So Jesus told Paul, it's more blessed to give than to receive. You you have to get into a giving. You 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 got to give in to generosity in your life. You just have to. If you want to be a great leader, you have to give in to generosity. Giving of your time, giving of your talent, giving of your treasure. You live to give. You actually work to give. You love to give. It's it's something that 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 has to get into your spirit. Great leaders are givers. They give encouragement. They give time. They give conversation. Uh, they just they great leaders give. Great people give. And a, a bad leader is always going to be taking, always going to be assuming, always going to be accusing, always going to be hiding, always going to be blaming. You just see the you see the two mentalities here. And that wrong mentality led to wrong actions. Okay. So great leaders grow. Great leaders give. Great leaders get it. Number three, great leaders get it. Y'all like my G theme so far? In honor of Goldie. Great leaders get it. So to the, to the two men who multiplied, Jesus says, well done. Well done. So let's look at the word done. Yeah, let's look at both words. You did it well. You're not trying to do the minimum. You're, 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 you're not, how do I do the minimum? How do I stay in the middle of the pack? How, How do I, no, no, we're doing it well. Excellence. How, how can I do this the best? How can I do it in a great way? Not just you're done, right? That's the joke, right? It's not well, you're done. It's well done. Well, there, there, there's an excellence to it. There's a, we want to do things. We don't want to just survive load in and load out. We want to do it well. We don't want to just survive getting people seated. We want to do it well. We don't want to just survive. We don't want to just get through greeting. We want to do it well. We don't want to just get through the set. We want to do it well. Every Everything. We don't want just sermons we want great sermons well done great leaders get that that there is a personal pride and even an ego to what you do that that is okay you want a little bit of that you want a little dj Khaled. we the best you want a little you want sorry to watching all this golf tiktok forget that's all i think about uh, God did 
Let's go golfing. She hates it. It's for Shannon. Acting according to my dominant thoughts. God did. They didn't believe in us, but God did. So well done. So there has to be, I think that obviously like when you start thinking about church, it's all about humility and service and all that's so true. But we're all, we're also doing a job and we want to do it well. We want to do it in a way that honors God. We want to do it in a way that opens our life up to promotion and to elevation. So, so the crazy leaders get that. So well, we do it well, but then we, we do it done. Done. You do something. Here's the amazing thing about the story. The master never told them what to do. He handed them money, and when you read it, it says, and immediately he left. So he just goes, here you go, and he just walks away. Never tells them what to do, yet he expected action. Well, Jamie didn't tell me. Well, Shannon ever, well, you know, he's, no, don't, don't get that spirit. Don't, you, great leaders get it. Okay, I have it. I have an opportunity. I have a job description. I have things that I need to get done. I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well. And if, and if you need to be chased down, we'll chase you down. But, but your willingness to be a self-starter will be the number one key to your own success. Your willingness, because it is a willing, self, being a self-starter is all about willingness. Well, if they, if, if, if they want me to do that, they'll tell me. Well, if they care, they, they'll tell me, well, well, no one told me. Well, no one told me. Great leaders get it. Now, I know that what I'm saying is unfair. I, I get it. But if you, if you ever want personal success, you have to become a self-starter. If you have to be managed, that's okay. You'll just never be successful. If you have to be managed, that's okay. But you'll just, you'll never be able to prosper and you'll never be able to function in the fullness of your gift. Jesus expected them to do something great without any management. Think about that. If you didn't say, hey guys, we'll have a weekly meeting. I'll be checking up on you. Here's my expectations. Here's here's what I'm expecting from them. Here's the kind of multiplication. Nope, not, none of that. It was the ability to do something without being managed. And so uh, I think this is been the key to our success. I, and, I, and I know it's also the reason it's hard to work for us. Okay. So I, I get it. I get, but I'm just trying to be like Jesus. Okay. No, no, I'm just going to, but he did, he handed them and he left and he just, there was an expectation to get something done well. And he just expected them to figure that out. So we're, we're obviously not, we don't want to do that. We don't want to leave anybody high and dry, but we also want you to be a self-starter. And even if the self-starting is, hey, can I get clarity on X? Hey, can we talk through this? Hey, can we, what do you think about this? But there's there's something, again, for for your own personal success and your own 
your own ability to reach your potential, you have to become a doer. Well done. It got done. And it got done well. And it got done excellently. And it didn't get half done. It got, it got done to, to a level that satisfied the master where he, where he decided this is good. And, I, you know, again, I understand the, the pressure of this and, and kind of the, you, you read it and kind of go, man, that just seems unfair. But then you realize that that is just kind of how life is. And if you want to succeed, it's just, it's how life has to be. You, you, your willingness to be a self-starter is your number one key to your own success. Number four, great leaders are genuine. Great leaders are genuine. One invested. You, when you read the NLT, it said that the first one invested. The second one went to work. The third one hit it. One invested. One went to work. One hit it. To be genuine. Um. When when I say that, what I'm saying is I'm 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 being genuine in my gifts and graces, but doing what God has called me to do. So I'm I'm obeying God, using my gift and grace. Not I can't do that because that's not me. That's what other people do. I got to keep it real. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to process this a little bit, but well, man, I know you're harsh, man. So I just put it in the ground. I just got to keep it real, Jesus. No, nope. That, that wasn't going to, the third man was honest, but he wasn't a good, but he wasn't a great leader. He was sincere, but he wasn't a great leader. The first guy took it and invested it. The second guy took it and went to work with it. Now I don't exactly know the two differences, but what it, what when I read it, the the first two guys used whatever their gift and grace was to do something with their God given opportunity. The third guy did nothing with whatever his talent and ability was. So. No one has to be me and no one has to be a, a certain definition of ministry, but you do have to use your gift and your grace to work out the God opportunity in your life. So you don't have to be a great preacher. You don't have to be a great communicator. You don't have to be a great this or a great that or don't don't feel that. But just take what you what you do have and the opportunities you do have and the gifts you do have and the grace you do have to do something with the call of God in your life. So they were they were true to what made sense to them with their opportunity and how to multiply it. Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay, so it's that's what we're doing. What we're not doing is making excuses for no fruit by saying, well, that's just me. I just don't bear fruit. They bear fruit. I just don't bear fruit. No, 
We all have to bear fruit. We all have to multiply. We all have to grow. But we all are going to do it a little bit differently. So, so you, you, you take what is on your life and then you take the opportunities God has given you and then you multiply that. So we're not building a church of clones uh, who, who clone me. We're, we're letting you walk in your gift and grace and call, but it must lead to multiplication. Number five, great leaders go first. The master leaves, and the next verse is, and they began to invest. Began. Somebody, somebody's got to go. <laughs> Someone's got to go first. Notice that the one with five was the first to, to do something. The one with two was the second. The one with one was the last one. So even there, I see the mentality. There's just a, the one with five had a bigger spirit and was able to immediately go, okay, we got to, I got to begin to work on this. Someone has to go first. Someone has to make the move. Someone has to start the momentum. Someone has to lead the way. Someone has to begin. Every Sunday, someone's got to begin. In the, in, the, in the service, someone's got to begin. In the preaching, someone's got to begin. In the, someone's got to make the first move, and great leaders go first. Great leaders don't wait for followers to make a move. Great leaders make the move. We make the call. We send the check. We check up. We call the meeting. We go first. We say hello first. Oh, man, they didn't say hi. No, we go up to them. We go first. We, we check up on people first. Like, we, we just go first. We just go first. Great leaders go first. The, the man with five started first. And that's why Jesus gave him five. Jesus gave him five because he could remember that he gave them according to their ability. So Jesus saw something in this man's life. That he said he's a go-getter. So I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna give him more opportunities to do something. So the the more you lead the way, the more God sees that and the more God honors that. Great leaders go first. Someone, someone has someone has to break the eyes. And if you're if you're kind of looking around for who's Who's going to go? You go. Who's going to pray? You pray. Who's going to Who's going to help get this meeting feeling better? You're going to make it feel better. Who's going to say hello to that person? You you go say hello. Who's going to Great leaders are are always beginning. You begin to invest. They're they're begin they're they're starting. They're starting. They're always starting. They're always saying hello. They're like I, I know a lot of people on Sundays who they'll will make eye contact, but their assumption is he would be too busy to talk to me, so I could easily go, and just keep walking. But instead, I go, "Honey, how are you?" Oh, it's your boy. Because you just someone's got to 
just got to begin. They beget leader. Great leaders go first. Peter and John said, look at us. They started the conversation with that guy in Acts 3. You look at us. We're going to talk to you. I know what you're expecting. Here's what we got. We're going to give it to you. They, they began. They, there's, there's just something in us that, that goes first in, in every area. We're not looking, especially to our volunteers, to set the tone. We set the tone, and they followed. Number six, great leaders greet. I love this one. Great leaders greet. First guy goes, Master, you gave. What a great way to start a conversation. You gave. Jesus, you're a giver. I'm with it. I know who you are. Second guy, Master, you gave. Notice, they're going to say something about themselves, but first they say something about him. You gave me five talents. Look what I've done. You gave me two talents. Look what I've done. That's a, that's a way to greet. Here's number three. Master, I knew you were a hard man. What a crappy way to start a conversation. Think, just think about this process. This is a big deal. The two begin with positivity. The one begins with criticism. Think about that. How do you start conversations with, with your team? How do you start conversations at church? How do you start conversations with your, with your serve team? How do you start conversations with each other? How do you start conversations with me? The, they, they begin the convo on a, on a positive tone, not a negative tone. Such a huge key to your, to your life. Um, we can all, I can, I can think of people that, that they have, they have a small mentality and you can tell how, on how they begin conversations, right? Hey, how are you? Hey, man, you look tired. Look at well, name something. You just don't understand. You just don't get it. Never hire you. You'll never be, you'll never be hired. Does that make sense? It's just like, they don't even know how to. Great leaders understand how to start a conversation. Great leaders know how to engage or, hey, how are you? Hey, great to see you. Hey, thanks for serving. Hey, oh man, it's a great day. Oh man, it's so glad to see you. They, they know, great leaders know how to greet. Great leaders know how to give a compliment. Great leaders know how to, to feel them up. Oh man, they seem a little tired, a little flustered. I'm going to go show some love really quick. Hey, you look awesome this morning. Hey, thank you for helping. Hey, how are you? Hey, do you need anything from me? Hey, can I do anything for you? Not, hey, can you go grab that? No. Master, you gave. You're amazing. You're generous. You're kind. You're so trustworthy. You, you've given me so much opportunity. Thank you for trusting me with this opportunity. Oh, and by the way, here's what I've here's what I've done with that. Not, hey, so I I, I, mean, I know you're really tough. You're a really hard man. You, you you know you reap what you don't sow, and you you gather from where you haven't. 
uh, planted. And yes, I know you're just like a really hard man. I know you're really tough. So here's what I did in response to in response to your negative. Like, just think about how how jacked up his own mentality was. And because his mentality was so bad, he tried, he, he projects that. I think this is called gaslighting, actually. He projects that onto Jesus. It was never on Jesus. It was on him. Then he puts that on Jesus. And we do that. We put that on our teams. We put that on our city. We put that on our church. We put that on our friends. We put that on our family. We're the negative one, but we put it on somebody else. And we try to define them in a way that justifies our actions. Think about it. Just, just, just think, just, it's, it's, it was his own negativity speaking that tried to put that on him. So greetings matter. I want to be as, I want to be, I want to go down to this simple, like actually how you greet people matters. Communication matters. Tone matters. Wording matters. Timing matters matters. One more time, greetings matter, communication matters, tone matters, wording matters, timing matters. I hear my daughter in the other room and I just go, what could be happening? Jesus have mercy. So there, there should be a, a gratitude, uh, a positivity and a complimentary tone to the way that we speak to our teams. Gratitude, positivity, complimentary. Speaking well. Thank you. You're amazing. And not, not like, hey, love you. I hate you. Don't do the ya. If that's in your, get it out of your vocabulary. Get that out. Love you. That you, know, you don't. You're awesome. No. Awesome. Awesome. You're awesome, bro. No. Thank you, bro. We love you so much. Thank you for serving. Boom. Just, just have them not love you. Pushing them away because you're, because you're so important. No. I love you. Thank you. You're phenomenal. How are you? Good to see. Just take greetings matter. Greetings matter. Such a big freaking deal. So big. So, but we had dinner last night with a couple in our church. They said, oh, thank you so much. We know you're so busy. I said, I'm busy. I'm not busy. Thank you. Thank you for taking us there. Thank you so much. Wow, this is so great. Hey, it's amazing. It was a beautiful restaurant. Thank you so much. I didn't assume that. Just, you, you just take, just greetings matter. Lastly, great leaders have grit. Grit. Great leaders have grit. Well done, a good and faithful servant. Watch this. Faithful servant, you were faithful in the little. Faithful servant, faithful in the little. This word faithful means to be trustworthy and believing. Watch that. We're almost done. You want to to show us something real quick? We're almost done. Almost done. 
That was my daughter, Goldie Ray Chavez, popping into the meeting real quick. Okay. Trustworthy and leading. Here's what that means. That to be faithful, there's a, there's a believing attitude to you. Think about that. To be faithful is to be trustworthy and believing. You're believing. So here's, so here's my definition from, from the Greek. Here's how I define it. To be faithful is to be trustworthy with a good attitude. To be faithful is to be trustworthy with a good attitude. So you're not going through the motions, bickering and complaining. Like, think about the children of Israel. Uh, they did the same thing for 40 years. They weren't faithful. <laughs> think about that. They, hey, I'm still here, man. That doesn't mean you're faithful. Bob, you keep showing up. That doesn't mean you're faithful. They, they did the same thing for 40 years, but were not found faithful. Because to be faithful is to be trustworthy with a good addict. There's a believing spirit to you. There's an excitement. There's a faith. There's a... Now, they, now here's the reason I call great leaders have grit, because they're faithful. And then how did Je Does anybody know how Jesus rewarded them? Does anybody know? More. You've been so good with this job. I'm going to give you more work. He didn't say, take a break. I'm going to take less. You, you've done so good. Let me, get, let, let me get some of this off your plate. Jesus actually rewarded their work with more work. I will give you more responsibilities. That's what he says. They're like, oh, cool. He just added more to my plate. And then he goes, let's celebrate. That's what he says. Let's celebrate. Notice what Jesus celebrates over. So I say great leaders have grit because great leaders love to work. If you don't love to work, you, you'll never be a great leader. You have to love work. You have to love, you got to love it. We were, we were talking last night and they said, what are your hobbies? We said work. And so, yeah, we do some, we golf a little and read, Chan reads and we have a few things, but really we just, we're just, we work. We've always been that way. Jesus says, you've been, you've been faithful with a little. I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so excited about that. Here's so I'm going to bless your work for some more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. So we, and let's celebrate. Let's have a party for all the new work I'm going to do. Again, that's Jesus' mentality. That's why when we don't have his mentality, we're wicked and lazy. We're wicked, not because we're evil people, but because we don't think like he thinks. So we're, we're trying to push stuff off. And Jesus is actually trying to get stuff on our plate. So great leaders have a grit. Doesn't mean you don't take days off. Doesn't mean you don't take vacation. Doesn't mean you don't have a Sabbath. Uh, that's not what I mean. I don't. But I am saying there was there's there's something in the way that Jesus thinks that is different. And we gotta align our thinking with him. So faithful and trustworthy with a good attitude. I'm trustworthy and I'm believing. There's a I got a spirit of faith about me. I'm believing, I'm believing with God, I'm believing God, trusting in God, I'm trusting God. God 
I trust God. God is, is able to trust me. They're able to have that. And then the, the reward of that is multiplication. It gives them more. It's a great leader, Steve. Amen.